Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. It's totally fine if she does. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to another episode of Starfleet Boy, uh, where we have a casual and informal discussion about Star Trek, uh, focusing on Star Trek The Next Generation. And today's episode is going to be uh, The Schizoid Man. And I have a special guest, uh, Mr. Sater. Uh, <laughs> hello, Mr. Sater. Hello. Hello, Starfleet Boy. How are you today? I'm uh, doing pretty good. So it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful Saturday on Cardassia Prime. Oh, you're Cardassian. Oh yeah, <laughs> very good. Now I have two Cardassians on the show. That's exciting. <laughs> See, we're making. I hope. Uh, I just want to say your your co uh, your counterpart, uh, Galdu Scott. Uh, he's not ready to become friends with the Federation. I mm-hmm. hope that uh, it can be something that you and I could work on maybe convincing yeah. him to sign a treaty and handing <laughs> Bajor over to itself, to the Bajoran people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'd help to, with the transition, we'd send a liaison to uh, Tarak Noor. Of course, you'd have to give Tarak Noor to the Bajorans as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we could talk more about it as time goes on. But okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you guys, what, what do you say, Bajor for, B- Bajor for the Bajorans? Yes, or he has a specific, he thinks uh, it's Bajor, and I think it's Bajor. So we have a, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the show, the show says it both ways, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they love to say lots of terms and names many different ways. Yes, Which yes. is part of the fun, yeah. <laughs> um, so today's, uh, I'm going to jump right into the episode summary for Schizoid Man. So uh, basically it's, um, the Enterprise is on, on its way to, uh, you know, this planet that, that it, that's called Graves Planet. It's named after this uh, scientist, Ira Graves. And um, uh, they're investigating a distress call, a very strange distress call, because uh, someone keeps sending out uh, a message for help, but then turns off the um, receiver, and so the Enterprise can't actually contact them. Anyways, when they get to the planet, they learn that um, the uh, great Ira Graves, who lives on this planet, is doing his research in some sort of nano-cybernetics, uh, is uh, deathly ill, within hours of dying, and uh, he figures out uh, a way to manipulate data and transfer his con- well he's already figured out a way to transfer his consciousness into uh, a computer maybe his consciousness maybe his intelligence we're not sure but he <clears throat> he then manipulates uh, poor data who he gets to call him grandpa 
to uh, hand over his body basically and takes over Data's body. And then he goes about at first he's kind of, you know, uh, people think maybe Data's acting weird, but then, you know, as his personality, as Ira Graves' personality becomes uh, more dominant, uh, we, we, the crew suspect something's awry and it leads them to discover uh, the truth. And then Ira Graves goes on this kind of crazy rampage where he professes his love to his assistant and hurts her. Then he uh, goes and he, um, uh, to engineering, he subdues several of the engineering staff and, and finally Picard has to have a heart to heart with him. And this, uh, convinces him that yes he's made a mistake he should never have taken over data's body and he then puts himself into the enterprise computer episode finished uh i think i covered everything what do you think that's that's pretty much everything (laughs) so uh i mean you did you didn't mention data's beard Oh yeah, which was, which was my <laughs> I'm gonna have to say my personal favorite part. <laughs> when I started watching it, I'm like, I think this is the beard episode when Troy and Jordy were walking down like the hallway or whatever, and they're like talking about him. I'm like, wait, is this the beard episode? It's a it's like, a very dignified. He's beard. like, come in. He's like, hmm. I'm like, oh, the beard, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> That that is a very funny moment, and mm-hmm. I love uh, I love uh, Counselor Troy's reaction. Right, she just can't take it. She can't He's deal with it. Clowning on man, that's, <laughs> I felt bad for Data. I'm like, what? He looks he looks great. <laughs> I thought that was a great moment. What did you think of the episode overall? Like, what was your feeling of re- you rewatched it since when? When was the last time you saw this episode? Oh, probably I rewatched it today. The last time I saw it was. Probably five years ago, something like that. Oh, great! So what? Did, so how how do you feel about it? What did you think about it? It was a solid episode. It was good. Like it wasn't a, one of the baddies. You know, <laughs> definitely worse episodes. And I feel like like the guy who played uh, Ira Graves, whatever that character actor's name is, he did a pretty oh, good I, job. I was playing like a salty old mad mad scientist guy. You know. It reminds me of like Ernest Hemingway, and I think if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. that actor has probably played Her- Ernest Hemingway at some he point. He kind of looks like Ernest Hemingway. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting how he kind of had one of those personalities that was like at once charming and repulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, like when uh, oh, in this episode, we I think we're introduced to uh, Doctor Silla for the first time. The the Vulcan the medical Vulcan, yeah. officer. Um, and anyways, he he says to her, he like in, both insults her and compliments her, or you know, in a very kind of uh, you know sexist way, right. <laughs> um, where he says, I, "I hate doctors. No one trusts them." And then you know, but hey, you're a pretty beautiful woman. Right. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on to tell Counselor Troy that she's also very very beautiful. And then. Um, Kind of, uh, I like that scene because she handles it in a really kind of good way. You know, she's a professional officer. She's probably like, she probably wants to punch him mm-hmm. in that moment, but he's a highly respected uh, scientist. And, you know, even in the beginning of the episode, the Federation has made this like a priority uh, mission for the Enterprise. Uh, which so- that's weird, like, or not weird, but how... There was well, what was the name of that transport ship that had a hole breach? Oh and yeah, that- like eh, like <laughs> like they barely even talk about it. They're like, oh, they're all good. And like that, that was it. Like that's all. But that's all mentioned. 
That was a cool procedure. The uh, oh yeah, like, like the, the, the quick trans- drop warp. Yeah, yeah, the, the near warp transport. It was like yeah. kind of a cool thing. Um, I thought that was like interesting because uh, Doctor something must have happened because it was like Doctor Pulaski basically doesn't come back for the rest. Like the whole ep- the episode starts with her mm-hmm. making a log entry. So you're thinking, oh, oh yeah. this is going to be like a Doctor Pulaski focused episode, and then she's like. Well, this hull breach. So I imagine like something happened. Like Diana Muldar was like, "Oh, I have another gig. Got, I'm sorry." She got booked for murder street or something. Yeah, or something like that. Like, <laughs> and they're like, "What do you mean? We're recording this week?" And she's like, "Sorry, guys, just can't do it." And then they're like, "Okay, okay, we'll write in a a, a like a, a hull breach on another ship, and mm-hmm. we'll leave you there." <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. That was a little odd, I thought. And uh, but it was it worked ultimately. Right. I mean, like, yeah, but she doesn't. Too bad, but it was just funny. Like that sounds like, really serious. Man. This guy might be, uh, you know, a high-ranking scientist or whatever. But. <laughs> I did like the um, the uh, kind of uh, you know the way that Brent Spiner portrayed his transformation from mm-hmm. Data to Graves, and uh, one of the scenes I was looking forward to that I remembered uh, the last time I watched this was the. Uh, the funeral scene in the transporter room where he's like to know him was to love him <laughs> to love him was to know him those who knew him loved him mm. those who didn't know him loved him from afar <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was like pretty pretty awesome yeah i remember like when yeah. that scene was, was happening i was like i remember this scene like just because that that line in itself is so memorable because it's just like what you know like and just deliver from brent spiner like He's so good. I, I love Brent Spiner. He's, he's a great, great actor. Who, who's your... Uh, now, you've watched Star Trek The Next Generation, and, and probably how many Star Trek series have you gotten through completely? Uh, Next Generation, I've probably watched uh, 10 times. Uh, Deep Space Nine, I'm re-watching it again. So nice. probably this is my fourth <laughs> time watching it. I've watched Enterprise maybe twice all the way through. And then just maybe randomly like oh, I'll watch an episode of Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, the original series, I think I've maybe seen like four of the episodes just because oh, yeah. I can't, I can't get into it. Well, maybe you'll uh, you'll feel different. So, like it just looks so old. <laughs> like I try, I try to watch it. But I just, I just can't. Like, uh. Well, Starfleet Boy plans on discussing uh, the original series after we're done with the next generation. So maybe okay. you'll you'll be able to try again yeah, <laughs> at yeah. that point. Um, so who, so in the next generation now, since you you're a fan of the series and you've seen it completely, who's mm-hmm. your favorite, like, who are your favorite characters? Like, and you know, what do you love about it the most? Um, I mean, data obviously is my favorite character. Yeah. Um, data, I mean, I got, I like the whole, the whole family vibe. I mentioned that, um, it's, uh, I mean, Picard. You know, like there's so there's there's nothing I, I actually don't really like Doctor Pulaski. Pulaski, <laughs> Pulaski, yeah, Pulaski. I don't like her. I didn't like her the she's when I was a kid. And like <laughs> she's too just mean and I don't know. I, I can't. I'm using bad adjectives to describe how she acts, but. 
I think you'll. I think. Uh, I think that's cool that you remember her that way. I think as you, if you as you, what I've noticed with the show uh, doing Starfleet Boy is um, I'm looking at it again. I'm 38, so it's like, and it's been a while mm-hmm. since I've seen some of these episodes. Uh, some of them I don't even remember like ever rewatching, even though I'm sure I did. Like some of them are like, oh wait, I totally blanked out on that episode. How did that happen? You know, and that's cool. Maybe my brain, <laughs> my brain's just like really weird. But I do like um, Dr. Pulaski this time around. Oh, I yeah. actually, yeah, I actually like her. I Well, because I've seen uh, the, since my first experience with Diana Mulder was uh, on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she is, so like the first time you meet her, she's exactly the, the things you described. Like she's exactly that way. And, you know, I think she's meant to ruffle the feathers a little bit as far mm-hmm. as the character goes. Um but then she has a nice little arc and I do remember that. Like, I do remember that it resolves really nicely for her. And though she's like, uh, you know, she could, you could think of her as like the, you know, the, like, I don't know, the, the guest doctor. And I kind of liked right. it, you know, cause Dr. Crusher comes back to us in season three and then we, everyone just forgets about Dr. Pulaski. It's like, right. <laughs> so I, mean, I guess, it, I guess totally well, understandable. Yeah. <laughs> You brought up some good points because I remember a couple episodes where she's not that bad, but just in general, she's my least favorite character. The yeah. the next episode uh, is a good uh, warm up to Doctor Pulaski episode. Uh, um, it's uh, the it's I forgot the name of it, <laughs> but it's um, it's about the uh, kids that have that create the super virus that makes you grow old. So um, when you look ahead on on Netflix or whatever, you can. You can <laughs> You can check that one out. Um, another thing I really liked about this episode um, was the con- the whole concept of putting, being able to transfer your consciousness into um, a non-organic mm-hmm. body, like an android or a robot or a computer or a machine. And that's a that's a concept that a lot of people, a lot of you know, scientists and philosophers and and just theoreticians and you know uh uh science fiction writers have dealt with and also continue to talk about and i think there's a really popular concept called the singularity in and that's kind of made it from science obscure science theory to popular discussion mm-hmm. and um what do you so what do you think about that what do you think about the the idea of uh your consciousness being able to continue on after your original biological body has perished i mean i think it's a it's a neat idea you know like it's uh i'm sure each person would have if it came to the point where we could do that each person you know should could decide whether they wanted their either knowledge base i mean i don't think i know enough to want to put it into a computer because i'm sure millions of other people know all the same stuff that i know you know like i'm not some special scientist or something but I think it's cool. I say, why not? If you can do it, do it. Yeah. But I mean, what makes you you is like, you you know, despite the fact that you have similar experiences or similar knowledge, Mm -hmm. as far as like the, the concept or understanding of self that we have humans have is that we we're taught and we believe many of us that we're completely unique individuals, that we have like a unique personality that, you know, our personality, the way we've manifested in this point in space time has never existed before and may never exist again. There's right. only, 
you know, some people believe that like uh, when you die, you you transcend into uh, a state of complete consciousness or some kind of like mm-hmm. thing. You know, some people think you go to heaven. Some people think you go to hell. Some people think there's oblivion. You know, we have all right. kinds of beliefs of, about what happens afterwards. What's compelling about this, I think, is that there's like a, a, a path of knowing. It's like, well, when I get really old and my body's retired and it doesn't want to do what it you know, what I want it to do anymore. And, uh, you know, my heart's not going to make it or my lungs aren't going to, but I can just put myself into this quote unquote tin man here. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I can continue on for an indefinite period of time. I've always been fascinated by this. And I think it, I think it's something that like, um, that if humanity, you know, humanity is playing with technology and integrating it all the time. And we have other concepts like this. The Borg are a great example and things like that. But an ideal way to continue would be to either create a human body, like a biological body that could last for like, you know, hundreds of years or thousands Mm -hmm. of years, or to put our consciousness into a robotic body. And, and so, yeah, I think you should consider it uh, <laughs> because you have something very unique to offer that no one else does, and that's your perspective. And, you, know whether, you know, whether or not you... <laughs> that was my knowledge, not like my person personality or my perspective. It was just like all the BS I got stored up in the old knowledge. <laughs> yeah. You never know. You might have a unique piece of knowledge that could save humanity one day. (laughs) Um, I thought that another thing that was neat that came up in this episode was the idea that data is not a valuable life form. Uh, Obviously, the crew of the Enterprise don't think that, but uh, there's that scene where uh, Ira Graves just kind of, he's like, listen, Picard, I don't know why you're so interested in preserving data, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I was a living person. Data's right. a machine. Like he doesn't need a body. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have consciousness. He's just a bunch of programming, you know, like he's not mm-hmm. real. And we're going to see this again. And I think there's a really great episode this season coming up where they actually put data on trial. Um, oh, the measure of a man. Yeah. The measure of a man to yeah. determine his, uh, his, uh, person. <laughs> well, a, I mean, this is kind of like a, you know, shoot off, but. When did they like add like the Blu-ray version of, or like the HD version of the show to Netflix? Because I'm obviously watching it I, on Netflix. Yeah. So uh, since since we started the show, which is now like several weeks ago, actually mm-hmm. several months ago, that was one of the first things I discovered uh, was that uh, Netflix has the remastered. Oh, that's crazy. There's yeah, one it looks scene, great, right? <laughs> like after Graves like transferred his consciousness to data where they're on the enterprise. I think it was, it was after the funeral where, um, what was her name? Kareen mm-hmm. was like, I think she was sitting in 10 forward or something. It was like right when they were about to like leave his body out in space or whatever. And it, she's looking out the window and it shows him going to warp. Oh yeah. That's it, was, a cr- it was, it was yeah. awesome. I was like, Whoa, like I've never seen that before. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fun. That, there's a lot of cool things. I, I definitely didn't notice an on encounter at Farpoint because I watch it on a really tiny screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I now that you mention it, yeah, that like all those effects just look way better in the yeah. in the remastered edition. I have the DVDs uh, back in in store. They're they're away put away in storage. If I ever have to dig them out, 
Yeah, uh, like the, the set, like the box set. Yeah, DC but it's in, right. But it's the original effects. So I'd be curious to like one day, kind of watch the two of them side by side mm-hmm. to see what what they're changing. And actually, there's a I don't know the name of it, but there's a YouTube channel that like shows several scenes, uh, what they used to look like and how they look. Uh, remastered, and I sometimes have a lot of fun uh, watching that. Checking those out, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, any other thoughts about this episode? I thought that uh, the set design of Grace House was pretty cool. Yeah. Like it was alien enough, but it was still fit, you know, TNG. What? How do you get your own planet? I mean, the, right. not, <laughs> he, he, it's called Graves World, like Graves Planet. And, like, you know, it's like, what did he say to. He must be designing some crazy. Uh, he must be doing some crazy research that's going to affect like uh, the Federation in like amazing ways. Because like I can't imagine in the in the Star Trek future, there's not really any kind of commerce or exchange of money. So I can't imagine he bought the planet. I think it was given to him. Or like, do you think <laughs> the planet is actually designated Graves Planet, or yeah, like, I mean, do they just like offhandedly refer to it as Graves? No, planet? no, it's an emergency situation. Like and knowing Picard, I don't think he would mess around like that. I mean, he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he, he's very serious about his job, and so it's like a serious situation. And they just kind of casually they mention like Graves World, like you know, and it's like they're the only inhabitants on the planet as well. You know, it's just him and his assistant, which is all he might have. There might have been other people there, but it's like, yeah, you know, like I'm so amazing that I that I have a planet. I mean, that might be a fun thing. Like, you know, I, I guess Elon Musk kind of oh, wants yeah. to do that. Like he wants to go and <laughs> go to Mars and live there, live the rest of his life out there. So well, he has the money, so he can if he wants to. <laughs> Musk, pl- Mars will be renamed Musk World. Musk, Musk's planet. <laughs> <laughs> What else? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Or wait, side note. Uh, he said Graves was talking to Data, like, "Oh, call me Grandpa" or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, I taught, I taught Soong everything he knew." But like, how old is this guy? Like, is isn't Nunyan Soong like two hundred years old, two hundred fifty years old, or something? Like. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing is that we know that in Star Trek, uh, humans are living into their hundreds because mm-hmm. uh, Dr. McCoy is like 150 something years old, you know, in the in the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. So, you know, we know that like uh, humans have figured it out. And he's also a crazy scientist. He's probably using unauthorized therapies. Um, it's true. very, you know, it's very possible that he got this disease from an unauthorized uh, therapy to extend his lifespan, you know, and so same thing goes for Dr. Soon. In fact, I think in Australia, there's a couple of scientists that have created like a kind of concoction. You drink it like a wine every day and it's supposed to like de-age you and they're like what? in their 60s or something and they act or, or have the physical presence of a 40 year old. So what? that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like wow. it's yeah, science fiction does bleed into science a lot. <laughs> Um, did, did you notice that uh, it was like right when Data was starting to act more like Graves, mm-hmm. uh, he whistled the "If I Only Had a Brain" or he oh, didn't yeah. show heart, you know? Yeah, that and like good. Data can't whistle, you know. So that was like oh, the that's first right. giveaway. Yeah, know, that's like, a great point. He's all <laughs> you know, like how he whistles, you know? Like, well, he, he like, whistles. Oh, he whistles pretty okay, but he just can't get that last 
you know, the pop goes the weasel mm-hmm. part. But yeah, that was a really great catch. That's excellent. And there was also, it's funny because uh, the episode uh, that we just released today, but since we record, since we pre-recorded these, this is all very timey-wimey. You'll see this mm-hmm. episode in a few months. Um, we're, that, we're that far ahead, yay. <laughs> <laughs> but live on the air as of the recording date of this episode uh, mm-hmm. is the Skin of Evil episode. And um, Armis, the bad guy in that, calls Data Tin Man. And then it's interesting that they echo that in this episode where, you know, the Tin Man theme comes up again. I think it comes up a couple of times. And I like that also is that like um, um, where there is a parallel, you know, I I think that uh, Graves tells the story of the Tin Man. He simplifies it for data. And it's like he says, you know, he's always wanted to have this, you know, have a a heart. And then he finds out that he's had one all along and Data's like, oh, a happy ending. And, you know, funny enough, that's Data's story, like in a nutshell. Mm. I mean, uh, as we get further along in the series, uh, there's like no doubt in my mind that Data is a sentient being. And he's trying to be human, but whatever he is, he's a person, you know, you right. know whether he whether he identifies as human or whatever, you know, is beside the point. But he's definitely a person like a, an actual like uh you know life form <laughs> definitely yeah so I agree. <laughs> what um you asked me what who's who's your favorite character it's really tough i ha- i would have a tough time answering just like you like right. i right it tends to be picard mostly mm-hmm. uh i tend to love just like his story just because he was so such an authority figure uh right for me as a child like I, de- I, de- I definitely like looked up to captain picard but um i i think i in many ways you know being uh interested in science and like uh science fiction and like growing up you know identifying as a nerd and like you know being rather awkward and things like that i think uh you know data and wesley appealed to me a lot mm-hmm. as well and um you know kind of if you could combine those two characters somehow <laughs> Um, but yeah, I love them all now. It's like after, I mean, it's been like many, many years of watching the next generation and seeing the story of these wonderful characters, uh, unfold. And so now I just like, I, I love all of them. Whenever I see them on screen, I get excited. Like if it's yeah, in an odd way, like if I know them, of course I don't, <laughs> but we know the characters that the actors right. portray. So it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Let's see. One thing was fun. I liked when uh, Graves, Data, Data Graves, was like belittling Wesley. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, "Oh, you don't, you know nothing, boy." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think that the crew's reaction was pretty funny. Like, they didn't know what to make of it. Right. They were just like so confused. They're like, "We're not sure what's going on here. Are you playing a joke on us, Data?" Because mm-hmm. Data likes to do things like role play into characters or or tell jokes that are poor. You know, they're in poor taste. So you could see how the crew took a while to like catch on to like what was actually happening here. So that was really well. I thought that was really well done and and really well written too. Did you like? Uh... Do you like Brent Spiner's like pervy old man? Oh yeah, he's great at it. (laughs) Brent Spiner's one of those actors that like, uh, you know, I think he he's marvelous because he can play like a bad guy, like he can be really kind of villainous, but he can also, as we know from like Data, be like the most charming 
you know, like the most endearing character, you know, mm-hmm. innocence and like things like that. And I think it's extraordinary that he has that kind of range, you know, because like Dr. Oaken, for example, is such a bizarre character and it's nothing like any of his other characters. And so I really like Brent Spiner. Yeah. All those so, guys yeah. are at Star Trek Las Vegas. Las Vegas this yeah. weekend, right? Or this whole week. <laughs> Twitter's <laughs> blown up. I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to see that. I obviously we're not there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're there in spirit. I'm there in spirit at least. Right. <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple of uh, like Odo uh, autographs where Rene Arbrigenois or whatever. I can't even pronounce oh, it. It's Aubergenois. Aubergenois. <laughs> yes. Like you know, for a little, you know. Oh. And wrote Odo on it, like signed that's- it for whoever. Like, oh, that's really awesome. That is pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not TNG related, but no, it's, I mean, it's kind of cross over a little Starfleet bit. Starfleet Boy but... is focused on TNG right now, but we happily welcome. It's very casual and informal, uh, and so we happily welcome uh, discussions <laughs> about anything. Like, <laughs> there's nothing off the table. But uh, <laughs> as I've reminded uh, several times, uh, Galdi Scott, this is the PG-13 version. <laughs> okay. Do you, Drunk Space Nine, for those of you who want, like, rated R talk, <laughs> <laughs> that's Drunk Space Nine. This is more of a casual, informal, fun show. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured about it as much. Like, you know, like, I was I'm trying to be on my best behavior. You're, like, doing, you're doing great. You're, fa- you're doing fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any other uh, questions or thoughts about the episode? Hmm. No. I can't think of any. I think we covered just about all the major points in it. I think so. Now, um, if you've been watching the recorded show, we're on a five-point scale, but so, somewhere between there and today, mm-hmm. we switched to a ten-point scale. Okay. So you have to. The last episode I listened to was a five-point scale. Yeah, it was so. a five-point scale, but everyone uh-huh. agreed to align on a ten-point scale. So, if you if you would oh, be man. so kind, to give your rating, or I could go first if you like. No, I'll go first. I say. Hmm. Wasn't the wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. Say it's six, six point five. Yeah, I like that. So I yeah, I I was gonna give it a six. I'm gonna go ahead and match you and give it a six point five. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fair episode. Yeah, yeah, it had had its moments. It had some funny parts that were kind of, but a lot of it was was solid. How would you? What would what would have in your opinion? What would have made this episode like maybe a seven or an eight? because <clears throat> i don't want to give i don't want you to stretch it so far that like what would make this a 10 that would be like you know a lot yeah, but like if you what would you say they could have done better as writers or you know as the production to me in your mind in your opinion to make it a eight well i feel like the uh ending was kind of just like it just wrapped itself up like too nicely you know like <laughs> the car gave him a, a talking to and got smacked and then the guy's like oh, okay you know like i'll go put my knowledge into data's computer yeah. by the way it's kind of scary that he's actually in the computer i mean like all oh, right like nobody nobody was like wait wait I, wait yeah, that's a good point like no one's like a little concerned uh, you know probably picard goes upstairs later to his quarters and he's like computer erase dr graves from your data. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I I think for me personally, I would have actually liked to have seen the actor 
who played Graves, a story that where like maybe he was more in in it, but obviously in an hour, it'd be hard to kind of like get to the right. point of like him transferring his consciousness and give and you know give like data enough time to kind of evolve into Graves. So I, right. I, you know I, I don't know how they could have done it, but it would have been neat to see more of him. Um, yeah, it would have been cool to see maybe in like you know three or four episodes before like graves you know like maybe touched on it a little bit like what he's up to you know like what he's actually developing on that planet and how it's important to starfleet yeah you know? i think so so then they're like oh graves a lot yeah. of this stuff a lot of this stuff gets expanded in the in star trek has its own expanded universe just like star wars mm-hmm. um and so a lot of these concepts are expanded in the books i usually i don't usually do the research uh but the doctor has a huge knowledge of. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I, he's always pulling out the tomes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. He knows. <laughs> but I would imagine that that'd be a great thing to cover because uh, he is a compelling character, Ira Graves, mm-hmm. and so I wouldn't mind seeing more stories about him uh, in the future. But that would be, yeah. I think that, that for me, somehow having him on the show a little longer would have made it probably an eight for me because I was really delighted by that character. But yeah, overall, it's a, a pretty solid episode for me as well. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, joining me on your very first episode. I hope you hey. had a fun time. I had a fun Glad time. Glad to be here. Yeah. Love talking, right. talking about Star Trek. So. Yay. Well. <laughs> All right. So now <laughs> yeah. we do our, yeah, this part. Live long and prosper. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs>